There must be a good thing whenever the preacher only has one piece of paper and that's the only place he can put it right here on the lectern so I don't hear any amens about that. But I hope you are enjoying this time that we have together. Um, we're used to inclement weather at times messing up our worship service. That's twice has happened to us in the last 12 years where storms have come through, knocked out our power and so we were having to worship on Sunday morning in the dark. So we're used to that. And so this just adds another element to it. And your desire to be here excites us as a staff. I want to thank Noah. I want to thank Jason for leading us in worship. I want to say a thank you to Hunt for you being able to hear the service on the FM station 90.5. I also want to say thank you to Jonathan. He is the one that's been able to upload these messages and put them on Facebook or YouTube for you, as well as Jason and Christy who have done at-home worship service and, and uploaded to Facebook as well for you to be able to sing along on Sunday morning as well. Whenever you see them, just give them a big um, hand a thank you a slap on the back whatever it is a good voice of encouragement if you would take your copy of god's word and look with me in first peter chapter 4 at two verses verses 10 and 11. first peter chapter 4 verses 10 and 11. we have looked previously at these verses um some weeks ago and we've been skipping around a little bit, but I want to come back to this passage of Scripture as we entitled this message, Seeing God's Grace at Work. And it's 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10 and 11. I'm going to go ahead and read, and I want to share some with you before we come back to this particular Scripture. The Apostle Peter writes, As each one has received a gift, Minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom belong the glory and the dominion forever and ever. And the church said, Amen. As Peter is dealing very generally with spiritual gifts, the Apostle Paul dealt very specifically with spiritual gifts. He did so in writing in different portions of the New Testament. But when he was writing to the Corinthians, as he was talking about spiritual gifts in chapter 12 and chapter 14, and they were misusing their spiritual gifts, because they thought their spiritual gift was at this level and somebody else's gift was down here at this level. And what Paul was doing was correcting. He was instructing them on their spiritual gift. And he said, most of all, before you even use these spiritual gifts that God has so graciously given to you, your gifts must be motivated by love. And this is what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, beginning in verse 1, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become a sounding brass or a changing cymbal. 
And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I'm nothing. So if your spiritual gift is what Paul is saying is not motivated by love, then it's in vain. And now Peter comes back as he's writing, and this is now the third time that we're about to mention this. He says in verse 8 of 1 Peter chapter 4, Above all things, have fervent love for one another. Now the third time that we have mentioned this word fervent, it means to strain every muscle as if you're in an athletic event, as if you're a marathon runner who's about to cross the finish line ahead of someone else and you're stretching out, trying so hard to catch the, um, the winner's circle. And then or you're a, someone who is doing deadlifts and you're picking up the weight. You're straining every muscle. Do we strain every muscle in fervent love to be hospitable in actions to other people as verse 4 or verse 8, chapter 4 says, and in our attitudes without grumbling. Now, as we look a little bit more at this grace, seeing God's grace at work, there's common grace. As you look out your windows, you enjoy a little bit of the cool weather. There are people here in Covenant County who are not believers that are enjoying the same sunshine. There are people in Covenant County on this past Friday got 100% of that 40% of rain and got to enjoy the liquid sunshine. There are believers and non-believers, righteous and unrighteous, who enjoy, who enjoy God's common grace of sun and rain, is what the Scripture says. But then there's saving grace. That's in Ephesians chapter 2. It says, by faith through grace, or by grace through faith, you have been saved. This not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. So that you can't boast about anything. So salvation is by the grace of God to an individual. So there's saving grace. There's also strengthening grace. That's in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Three times the Apostle Paul prayed that this one, this messenger of Satan that was allowed to beat him with a thorn in the side, prayed three times that Jesus would remove it. And on the third time, Jesus said, My grace is sufficient for you. So there's common grace, there's saving grace, there's strengthening grace, but also there's speaking and serving grace. There's, that's for you in verse 11. If anyone speaks, and then if anyone ministers or serves. So there's Speaking, there's serving grace, there's strengthening grace, there's saving grace, there's common grace. As we look here in 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10, it says that each one has received a gift. That word gift there in the Greek is what, how we would pronounce it, charisma. Now, the world looks at charisma a little bit different than we as a church look at charisma. The world looks at charisma as someone who has a lot of charm, someone 
who has a lot of appeal, someone who draws in people with their personality. That is someone who has a lot of charisma. But that's not what Paul is saying here. That's not what Peter is saying here. What Peter is saying here, this is charisma. And when you have the letters M and A as a suffix put on the end of the word, it means the result of. Charis means grace. M-A means the result of. It is the result of grace. So once again, as we look here at verse 10 in 1 Peter, it says, As each one has received a grace gift, it is a result of grace, not anything that you and I have done, first of all, with salvation, and then second of all, dealing with spiritual gifts. So I want us to look a little bit more at this passage. Look at about three different areas. On seeing God's grace at work. And before we get there, you're thinking, okay, you mentioned the spiritual gift. So, so define for me what is a spiritual gift. A spiritual gift is a spiritual ability given to all believers which they are empowered to help the church. Once again, a spiritual gift is a spiritual ability given to all believers which they are empowered to help the church. It goes back to salvation. Grace is the work of God through salvation. Grace is also a spiritual gift by which the Holy Spirit, through the work of God, the finished work of Christ, gives to us for us to utilize and build up the body of Christ. We didn't choose our spiritual gift. It is the Spirit of God that chose the gift for us. If I just wave at Johnny as he passed by. Alright, first area. Of seeing God's grace at work is one, God's grace is multifaceted. Look with me in verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister to one another as a good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So God's grace is multifaceted. His gifts are manifested as a manifestation of Himself, it's a manifestation of His presence. And it is his gifts that have shown in so many different ways. It's like going to Dollar General, going through the school supplies and getting out the thick paper that's the crayon paper, the colored paper. And then when you get it out, you go, this is God's grace. This is his color. No, it's all the colors. God's grace is not just one gift. It's all the gifts. And they're multifaceted. It's different ways that God expresses Himself, expresses His presence, expresses His character. It's through the grace gifts that He gives to every believer. And through these diversity of gifts, He reveals Himself in many different ways. There are two different types, or two main categories of spiritual gifts. They're listed for you in verse 11. If anyone speaks, that's the first category, the speaking gifts. Throughout the New Testament, Paul tells us that's dealing with apostleship, prophecy, 
teaching, tongues, and exhortation. But he mentions a second category. And the second category is there in verse 11 as well. If anyone ministers, so it's the serving gifts. And those are giving, leading, giving mercy, helps, healings, and miracles. Those are the two main categories of gifts, speaking and serving. So this is God's grace is multifaceted. It's seen in so many different gifts of his presence and of his character and of his ways in which he demonstrates to people who he is. So God's grace is multifaceted. God's grace allows us to minister to one another. That's the second area. Look with me again here in verse 10. As each one has received a gift, so we know every believer has a gift, a spiritual gift, minister it to one another. That means, the word minister means to serve. So what God has so graciously given to every believer, and in return, every believer is to minister that gift, to serve that gift to one another. Right now, I'm using the gift of prophecy or preaching to you as a spiritual gift that God has given to me. I am to use that to serve you. And also, the church is used by these spiritual gifts that you have, whether it's one or multi-gifts, is to strengthen and encourage the church, is to use these gifts motivated by love to serve the church. God graciously gives so that you can graciously give back to the church, to one, strengthen the church, to encourage the church, to see the church grow spiritually. The last area, it says here that we are to be good managers of God's grace. You go, where do you get that from? Look with me in verse 10 again. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. That word steward means manager. We are responsible for what God has given to us to give back to the church. If we take God's grace gift and we withhold it from the church, it causes the church in that area to be amputated or to limp. That's how important your spiritual gift, your grace gift is from God. I was thinking about this throughout the time that we haven't been able to gather together. You can pick up different sermons in the archives of different preachers, and you can listen to a multitude of preachers on Sunday or throughout the week. But there is one thing that you and I have missed more than anything else. And I wouldn't say it's the preaching, even though that's part of the worship, it's fellowship. You have missed being, I have missed being with other believers. I have been, I have missed meeting with you as a community of believers. Now, through technology, I'm able to minister to you during the week, not on that on Sunday, 
but I miss being with you on Wednesday, Sunday morning, Sunday night, because God has created us to be together, not to be socially distant from one another and have to secure ourselves in our home away from everyone else. God made us for each other. God made us for a community. God made us to be able to use our spiritual gifts to challenge one another, to encourage one another, to spur one another on in the faith. I have learned through example, and I observed other people, that I've seen other people get a free gift. Maybe it's a company car, a company truck. Maybe it's a toy. Maybe it's a computer. Maybe it's something that someone else gave to you that cost them something but didn't cost you anything. And I have seen people misuse free gifts to the point that they don't care anything about the gift because somebody else gave it and I can just freely abuse it as I wish. And that's not what is described here. What is described is that we are to be good stewards of what God has given to us. And what He has given to us graciously, we're to graciously give to others. I wrote down a quote from someone. I didn't write the individual's name down, but it goes like this. A church is not a group of friends that you've picked. The church is a group of brothers and sisters God has picked for you. We are people of grace. The scriptures help tell us the, the title of the message, Seeing God's Grace at Work. If you'll bow your head and close your eyes just for a moment. As you think back through this message and what the Spirit of God has spoken to you through these two verses. As you have so graciously received as a believer this salvation, the work of grace by God through Christ and by the convicting power of the Holy Spirit, you've also received a spiritual gift. And in that gift is either speaking or serving. And the scripture says that you are to be a good steward. You are to minister to that to one another, as well as it shows the grace of God in multifaceted ways, the very presence of God. Under this common grace that the world gets to experience, and we know that it is the grace of God, as you hone in in what He has spoken to you this morning, are you functioning in the grace of God as a good steward, as a good minister, as someone who wants to see God's grace of His presence work through you? You very well could be sitting here listening as well and say, I never received the very grace of God through Christ. And maybe this is the first time it has finally dawned on you by the Holy Spirit that you have been blocking the grace of God, that you haven't put it all together except now in this moment 
that Christ died and Christ rose again and God paid your sin debt and He's paid it in full. He just wants you to confess and repent. You can do that where you sit. And then you as a believer, you've done this. God's grace isn't work. But have you opened up to where His grace can fully work in your life? Or are you withholding from Him? Because our God never withheld from you. Lord, we thank You for this time. As little different as it is, but we thank You for the technology that's been provided. Thank You for the ones who have been capable of putting this together. Thank You, Lord, that You have put those abilities, You have put those skills. Lord, we give You the praise. And it's in Your holy name we pray. And the church said, Amen. We want to do something as we normally do at Union Baptist Church. We want to recognize our mothers. And I know that you're scattered throughout the parking lot. And I want to read a scripture to you that's found in Proverbs chapter 31. And it's referring specifically to you mothers. It says here in Proverbs chapter 31 verse 28. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Her husband also, and he praises her. Many daughters have done well, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is passing, but a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. I like to pray for your mothers here this morning. Heavenly Father, I come on behalf of other believers here to lift up our mothers who have worn so many different hats through the years for their children. Whether it's that of a nurse, whether it's that of a counselor, whether that of a doctor, or whether that of a teacher. But they have done so. They have done when they have been tired, when they have been given out. They have done so when it's been with a happy smile, and other times it's been very challenging. But Lord, you tell us that a woman who fears you should be praised. Lord, we thank you for our mothers. In your holy name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.